0: We're unabashedly obsessed, we've got to get it off our chest, please sit there and be quiet. Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to Unabashedly Obsessed, I'm James. I'm Aaron. On our show we like to talk about things related to pop culture.
1: And not so pop culture.
0: Uh, this episode is going to be about something very, very pop culture-y.
1: But, like, cult pop culture?
0: Yeah, kind of like putting it's, the cult in pop culture.
1: Yeah. It's become more pop culture.
0: Yeah. As kids. Like, as
1: we've aged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Than it was when it initially happened. In sort
0: of a... I'd put it in the same box as, like, The Sandlot. Like, I feel yeah. like... Like, kids watch... And Empire Records a little. Like, kids yeah. watched it growing up and then became adults. And so they could make pop culture... The popular thing that they liked as kids, being right. More popular, yeah. Before we get into uh, before we get into labyrinth, I'm so excited. Um, I have a story to tell. Okay, that my dad told me. Okay, on the phone yesterday, and I was like, I don't. I've never heard this story before. Okay. So in the eighties, uh, my dad and stepmom moved from Colorado to uh, Boston, so that my dad could uh, do. Master's and doctorate work at Boston College.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: my stepmom Catherine worked at Health Stop, which is like a patient first. Okay. Um, I'm just now realizing, <laughs> like I, I had so ne- so
1: like like an urgent care. It was an
0: urgent care yeah. center, but in like in like Brookline, Massachusetts, Sure. Uh, Alston, Brookline, Boston suburbs. Um, so one day, um, a let's see, what did he say it was? strep so one day a guy came in with his son and said uh th- that he thought he had strep throat okay uh, which i definitely identify with since like i've you know taken my kids to patient first with strep throat and stuff before oh, yeah. so you're sort of like get this over with the swab sucks all that stuff right sucks. so she's i think she i don't know if Catherine was like a uh, take the swab person. I think she was more of a take the information person.
1: Okay, um, so more of like a receptionist kind, than kind a nurse of so yeah a doctor. yeah. Okay,
0: so she uh, asks for his last name. Okay, and he says King. Okay, she asks for his first name, and he says Stephen. And she's like, huh, "Man, having that name these days, wha- right? That's crazy." He's like, "I know, right?" So she p- takes she f- finishes filling out information. Sends him on his way into the doctor's office. Close the door. The doctor comes out, like, out of breath, excited. And is like... <gasps> Stephen King! Stephen King was in Health Stop with Owen King.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> and Catherine had...
1: No, no idea. idea. Well, to be fair, she had some idea.
0: She knew who Stephen King was, because but she regis- that was it.
1: Because she registered that, you know, hey... That's a name I recognize. Right.
0: And that's as far as it went.
1: Oh, man. So,
0: yeah, I don't think...
1: To be fair, though, before I got unabashedly obsessed with Stephen King, yeah. I couldn't have picked a man out of a lineup. Yeah. I had no idea what he looked like.
0: I suppose that... And, like, I, I kind of want to look... So this would have been, like, 87, 88, 86, 87, 88. I think that's Big Bushy Beard King.
1: It might be, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean like you can't even see his face at that point right he's just a beard and some glasses
0: yeah um apparently Owen King wrote an article in the New Yorker about uh recording his dad's book on books on audiobook now my dad was unaware that Sleeping Beauties was a thing so oh. it may have been that the article was about recording Sleeping Beauties as an audiobook okay but um apparently the picture that went with the article was a picture of them From right around when Catherine met them. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. So.
1: Did she, like, did she see him again after, like, when he came out of the, like, exam room or anything? And she was like, oh, hey.
0: As far as I know, there was no further interactions that she had with him. Oh, man. Yeah. So.
1: That is Buck Wild. Yeah.
0: It was, I mean, like, yeah. So. I was like, I, I've never heard that story. And believe me, I would have known if I'd heard that story. Because right. <laughs>
1: that
0: <laughs> because would <have> been... <laughs> I would have told it on my podcast. Yeah, exactly. And also uh, related, may I tell that on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is my connection. That is the closest connection I have to Stephen King. It, is, it ousts second row of the National Book Fair. Um, Does it,
1: though? Because second row of the National Book Fair, you were in the same room with him. This was just your stepmom not knowing that she was in the same room with him. I
0: suppose that's true. It's a tie. Yeah. All right.
1: I would say it's a tie.
0: All right. I'll mark mark the leaderboard accordingly. Yes, do that. Um... So, shall we get into Labyrinth? We shall. shall we get lost in the Maze of Labyrinth?
1: No. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, that joke was going to have to be made at some point. Yeah. So, I'm glad we got it out of the way early. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, you find this, this, this movie amazing.
1: I love this movie. I, I won't say um, I find it an amazing film. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. All right. That's it. That's all. That's all I have for now. Uh, I might make the amazing sh- one again. I'm <laughs> sure you'll
1: come up with another one. I so I vividly remember. My mother tells this story differently. She tells this story as I found it at Errol's Video or maybe Blockbuster one day because the Sterling Errols turned into Blockbuster and yeah. I can't remember exactly when. Yeah, I found it at the video store one day and was like, I want to watch this. And she said, Okay. Uh huh. And we brought it home and I watched it. Okay. That's my mother's version. My version is that that happened the me finding it on the shelf multiple times over the course of like 3 years before she finally said okay <laughs> because she thought David Bowie's in that and he's kind of a weird dude right and Aaron's terrified of the dark crystal because the skexies are creepy as hell
0: which is a, the dark tower the dark the crystal dark- is I'm sorry dark tower yeah just, um <laughs> Is related in some way? Jim Henson. Is that that the only way they're related? Not in terms of sequel or anything? Correct.
1: Yeah, they're both Jim Henson. Um, I don't think The Dark Crystal had any live actors. I think it was all Henson puppets. Interesting. But again, I haven't seen it since I was a child and didn't retain much except that the Skeksis are super creepy.
0: And I feel like the Skeksis would be scary and sexy. And that really upsets me that they're not.
1: They are scary. They are not sexy. Mm even a little bit. They're like big vulturey type. Like imagine like a if Jim Henson were to do a Star Wars short starring vultures. Okay. That's a skexy. I I wonder how I
0: should show you I think it was it was on Netflix for a while. Um Jim Henson did uh Muppet stuff for SNL. Okay. In like the first like 2 or 3 seasons of SNL. Okay. And it is uh, dinosaur kingdom sort of situation. Okay. And there's a character that reminds me of what a Jim Henson vulture would look like. I wonder if that is going to be like a sketchy sort of...
1: It's entirely possible. I feel like there's some kind of you would see it at that bar in Star Wars yeah. element to mm. the Skexy. hmm But so my dad had shown me this, the Dark Crystal, when I was younger. I mean, I was probably nine. Mm-hmm. And I I frightened very easily as a child. Right, right. So when I shortly thereafter found this video that had a girl in a beautiful white ball gown on the cover. Right. I said, mom, I want to rent this. And she said, no, that Mm. will scare you. Okay. And I asked repeatedly over the course of about three years. Mm -hmm. And finally, when I was like 12 or 13, she was like, okay, fine. And so we brought it home and I was like, this is the best movie ever. Because the goblins were not scary by then. Right. Because I was no longer a young child. And so I fell in love with this movie. So and that
0: would have been like 94, 95. 12, yeah. 13 years old. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Interesting. I, you know, as one who had a brother four years younger than me who with whom I did not always get along, I yeah. the idea of the goblin king taking my brother away uh-huh. really resonated. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh so i have i came to this movie in high school like it was shown to me in drama class and that was one of the only times i've ever seen it the first thing that caught my interest in this viewing of it was the slow pan over her bookshelf which has uh where the wild things are Mm -hmm. wizard of oz uh sleeping beauty i believe um, there were a couple others that I was like, whoa, these are all just what went into making this movie. Yep. like, Um, and speci- not specifically where the wild things are. hmm Um, because we watched, I watched it with my cousin uh, when he came to visit this past weekend. Uh, he basically landed and I was like, Hey, wanna, do you want to watch Labyrinth? And he revealed that it, he watched it like, he's watched it like 40 or 50 times or something. So I was like, Excellent. wow, I could I like not your, have picked a better. I like your cousin. My cousin's pretty great. What's up, Brady? Hi, Brady. So I noticed that the credits, they specifically thank Maurice Sendak.
1: Well, if you look at the goblins, there are a lot of goblins that are very reminiscent of Where the Wild Things Are. Well, the, the
0: the whole plot of the movie is Where the Wild Things Are. It's literally Where the Wild Things Are, but for teenage girl instead of bratty seven-year-old boy. Pretty much, yeah. He She comes home, throws a tantrum, and then gets swept off into a place where she learns what it's what she learns life lessons right where the wild things are is more about learning what how rough your mom has it so give her a break right this is more like you need to learn some responsibility you need to stick up for yourself you need to you know follow through on promises yeah mostly i guess follow through on promises is sort of the big thing but like
1: and and learn that life's not fair right sometimes it's not fair
0: right Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting, and it really connected me. Like, thinking about that, that as, like, a syllabus for watching the movie at the very Mm -hmm. beginning was very interesting for me, and I think it really helped me with the movie. Good. Um, where, where shall we go from here?
1: Well, so this movie was my introduction to David Bowie.
0: I'm glad that we're going in the David Bowie route. Yeah, and
1: the first, like, the only David Bowie I knew until junior year when Alice made me a mixtape that involved that had changes on it and maybe also had under pressure on it I can't remember Mm -hmm. but to this day if it's not on the labyrinth soundtrack and it's not changes or under pressure it is not a David Bowie song that I know Mm. I may have heard it but did not know it was David Bowie so like when David Bowie died yeah my reaction was oh no Jareth right the rest of society you know mourned the loss of a great artist. Right. Well, I just went and watched Labyrinth a whole bunch yeah. and appreciated his very tight pants.
0: The Which I tried to... like. I was like, I know that one thing that, that's probably going to come up, if you will, <laughs> um, is going to be these tight pants. And I kept being like, but like, I guess looking for it, it didn't... I feel like in people's minds and in retelling, it's a lot more like, whoa, than it is in actuality.
1: Yeah, there are a couple of times when he will turn a certain way and yeah. you're like, whoa, okay. Got a I bit now... of a
0: delay on the feed there.
1: Yeah, like you see just the, like, they'll, I mean, he's basically wearing leggings. Right. And, you know, if he turns his hips a certain way, the fabric will pull just so across his front. Right. In a way that kind of highlights his attributes. Right. But also, remember, most, many of the people who talk about this are people who, it was kind of a sexual awakening sure, for us because sure. we were like 13 when we saw this. Right. I mean, that was the most I'd ever seen of right. a member of the opposite sex.
0: A member of the opposite uh-huh.
1: sex. Quite literally. <laughs> um,
0: and also because of of specifically American society's fear of penises. Yes. Um, I... I don't like the music in this
1: movie. What? No. Um, you're killing me, Smalls.
0: At it's any so point. It's so good.
1: I, I guess, love it so much.
0: I guess Dance Magic Dance is okay. It's one of the worst songs. Once, once you get to the like, once you get past the voodoo hoodoo thing, I guess it's
1: fine. No, the opening number... The underground is so good. And as the world falls down.
0: Nothing else really stuck with me. I may have petitioned
1: for that to be our first dance at our wedding. And Kevin was like, no, that's a terrible first dance song. And I'm like, but she wears a pretty white ball gown. And he's like, that's a terrible first dance song. (laughs) You should have just like projected that scene. I mean, it's basically the scene where she's been roofied, so I understand his right. logic about <laughs> right. this is not really what we want at our wedding. But I love that song so much. and the Oh, and the song in the Escher room? Uh-huh. No? No. Really?
0: I, I didn't really think that... Hey, uh, you can tweet at me at Unabashed James for any and all hate yeah. tweets about this. In fact... Uh, Aaron might
1: do that. <laughs> Fuck yeah.
0: Future Aaron is going to tweet at James in response to this.
1: I sure am because, oh, this soundtrack, I love this soundtrack so much. What I'm much. about
0: to say is going to is going to get me some some flack. Okay. I don't think David Bowie really contributed anything at all to this movie, musically or acting wise. Really? Really. I think he kind of, like, stunk up the place. Like, phoned it in? Like, or... he was real pretty to look at, and I will give he you that. He was real pretty to look at. I will, And, like, he was great at standing there looking like he was the one that just did the, like, ball stuff. The crystal stuff. thing, yeah. Um,
1: the ball stuff. <laughs> that, he, yeah, playing with his balls. Someone uh-huh. else
0: was playing with his balls.
1: Somebody else was playing with the balls, yeah. Um,
0: he did, not like, I didn't believe that he was upset with stuff when he appeared like the Wicked Witch... Whoa! He appeared like the Wicked Witch. Hmm, I get that reference now, like when he was suddenly, all of a sudden, there, and like that little short, ugly dude was like Hogarth or whatever.
1: Hoggle. Yeah.
0: He now that guy was good. I was all, all I was all about that guy's arc. Great. Okay. When he appeared, I didn't think that he was going to harm
1: him. Like like after the oubliette scene. Yeah. When Hoggle was yeah taking quote unquote taking her back to the beginning. Yeah. And he and Jareth was like. In his little cloak, like, all hunched down. Yeah. And then he stood up and he was mad.
0: Yeah, I guess. Mad, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Yeah, I guess
1: I can see your point there.
0: Like, he... But at no point did I think that he was going to harm... It sort of was like, hey, Jareth babysits. Like, I didn't think that the baby was going to turn into a goblin. I didn't think that Jareth was going to in some way harm the baby or Hoggle or anything at all.
1: I've never had the impression that he was going to harm the baby.
0: The baby's just going to turn into a goblin, right? That's the... I don't know that
1: he was going even going to do that. I had always kind of assumed that he was going to raise the baby as his own to take over for him.
0: He had th- she had 13 hours before the baby turned into a goblin. Was the was the was premise it, I thought?
1: Was it before he turns into a goblin or before he becomes one of us forever?
0: Oh, which I doesn't guess I, necessarily I guess, okay.
1: Doesn't okay. I? I had always just assumed that he was going to keep Toby and raise him as his own to be his successor.
0: Okay, all right. Well, all right. I, that could that's I, a that's a uh, situational.
1: Yeah, you have thirteen hours in which to solve the labyrinth before your baby brother becomes one of us forever. Okay. Such a pity.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I like, might know.
1: I might have the whole and like
0: memorized I, and, and, <laughs> and believe me, not yucking any yums. In terms oh, I know. Of, and like also, you know, because I don't like it doesn't mean in any way that that you or any listeners are wrong for liking it i will that's I will right I will, that's, a, that's we are
1: absolutely right for liking it
0: I mean like that's that of the not wrong for, thing.
1: yeah you're not wrong for not liking it
0: it just didn't connect with me like i didn't i didn't I didn't really get it
1: I will say watching back over it as an adult because it's it's been a few years since i've watched I don't think I've watched it since David Bowie died, okay, so it's been two two years, years. mhm and prior to that, it had probably been since my mid twenties. Okay. I know. I now find Sarah extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of found Jennifer Connolly's performance frustrating. Yeah. Like I kind of felt like she sort of made some. It was her first major role, right? Maybe her first at all role, and I felt like her greenness mm-hmm. as an actor showed. Yeah. And I and I, I see your point about David Bowie's performance. He he just he wasn't emotive. He was uh, just kind of flat. Yeah. Which I've always assumed was a choice. Right. And I think that it kind of works because I also don't think that he actually was gonna hurt Hoggle. Like honestly, I think Jarrett's a big old softy.
0: I uh, he he seems like he's a guest on this episode of the Muppet Show, where it's okay, like I can like, see
1: that. Like oh
0: oh Kermit. But instead, it's, oh, Hoggle, like, sort of laughing at the thing, and he sings his songs and stuff. Yeah. And that there's nothing wrong with that, per se. It's just I didn't feel like there were any stakes. It sort of felt like if she'd shown up at, you know, half an hour past 13 hours, he would have been like, all right, you scamp. You did all right. I, here's you, your baby brother back. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I also kind of think that if she had not solved the labyrinth, I don't know that he would have sent her back home. I think he might have kept her as his queen,
0: mm. like a like a Hades Persephone sort yeah. of
1: situation. Uh, oh, that's okay. So you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so you know yeah. that I've been reading a lot of. So it all started. There's this app called Webtoon. Okay. That I found because I think Facebook suggested it to me, and I'm not quite sure why. T, o o n. Yes, like okay. car- like cartoon, but okay. webtoon. Right. and it's a it's an app with just like a whole bunch of, like weekly comics. Oh, okay. And I found one, the one that had been recommended to me is called Lore Olympus, L O R E Olympus. Okay. It's a modernized retelling of the Hades Persephone thing, wherein Hades doesn't kidnap Persephone. Okay. He says something to Poseidon and Zeus about... Like, he sees Persephone Persephone at a party. And he's like, man, she puts Aphrodite to shame. Mm. Aphrodite overhears this, gets super pissy, and sends Eros to kidnap... To basically get Persephone drunk, kidnap her, put her in Hades' car. Uh And then Hades drives back to the underworld and finds this girl in his car. And she's, like, passed out drunk. So he basically puts her in his guest room. And then the next morning like, gives her breakfast and sends her home. Okay. And she can't stop thinking about him, and he can't stop thinking about her. Okay. And so I, w- I started looking for, like, other retellings of the Hades-Persephone myth, and I found a couple young adult series. Um, one is the Goddess series by Amy Carter, and then there's one by Meg Cabot. Oh, okay. Um, that I know is, that name, right? Uh, Princess Diaries. Yeah, okay, good, good. Yeah, so I've, I've been, like, really into this Hades-Persephone thing, particularly the ones where, like, all of these ones that I've been reading, where Hades is misunderstood. Because I love a misunderstood, damaged hero. Uh-huh. And watching Labyrinth, I'm like, man, this is exactly that. Mm-hmm. And he is kind of misunderstood and damned. Like, yes, he kidnaps her, but I really don't think that he meant her any harm. Right, which I don't think that in any telling of the Hades story, I don't think he meant her harm. No, he's like yeah, he's like, my... hey, I need a wife. Right, and I, th- I, I really—it's oh, you. I...
0: Have some pomegranate.
1: Yeah, I love the like I, I love uh, whether this is meant to have any connection to that myth or not. I love that I found one.
0: Yeah. Well, it feels like at least in like a Joseph Campbell, this is one of the stories that are that is told sort of thing. Like
1: Who's Joseph
0: Campbell. Um, I don't know if he was like a philosopher or just like a writer. He basically was like Jesus and Buddha and all the Hindu gods and everyone. It's the same and Star Wars and all the stories are all the same. Like okay. there's a, it's like he's the hero's journey guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and so but he, there's also something about, and maybe it wasn't Joseph Campbell that said this, but like there's like seven stories,
1: yeah, and like and we just keep ev- everything is them just and tweaking them.
0: variations and and retellings of the seven of one of the seven stories, and I feel like you know, girl, like I mean, Beauty and the Beast is sort of a very similar, yeah. to... yeah, yeah. You just have to sort of tweak how much consent, right? <laughs> we're, well, and, we're working with here,
1: and th- this one's interesting. So, I mean, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast, she volunteers to stay. Absolutely. This And both one,
0: Beast and her dad are like, wait, really?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one, I mean, she doesn't volunteer anything. Right. But she specifically asks him to do the thing. Right. She doesn't know she's asking him. She right. could very well have said, you know what? I'm glad you took my brother. Yeah. Send me home where I don't have a baby brother anymore. Right. That sounds great. Keep him. Which like The only lack of consent in this one was the peach. The poisoned right. the roofy peach.
0: Right. Right. Um and also, you know, Toby, but I suppose babies don't have consent. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess that's sort of where
1: Well and and Toby see, I mean he was He's a Obviously, oh. he had been kidnapped, but like he was being taken care of, he seemed like he was having a fine time. He
0: was thrown a little bit up in the air, but I guess in sort of an Adam's Family <laughs> values sort of way, he was being taken. That
1: one where he throws him up in the air and he comes down, and you could tell it's a doll because the arm is just right. flopping all over like one of those wobbly men outside a car dealership.
0: Absolutely, there there was definitely one well, there one scene where he was like sort of bouncing him on his knee, mm-hmm. and I was like. Boy, it's it's a good thing this is a long shot because that is a plastic baby.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and also, you know, so Toby, the baby was was a was a was basically a prop. So like, yeah,
1: like I totally can. can props have consent? I guess not. I
0: guess Not <laughs> Not proper consent.
1: <laughs> um, well done. Was that a... I'm not sure. That jury's still out on that one. I'm gonna give it to you. Oh, thanks. It made me giggle. Oh, all right. I like it's it. It's a bit of a sarcastic giggle, but. Anywhere you can get it. Exactly.
0: I totally understood the part where she's like, "Um, I wish the the Goblin King would take my baby brother away forever, right now. And she's like, wait, shit, no. No, hold on, I don't. Oh, crap, it's already... The processing on this was way too fast. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, And I liked... So, like, I liked... I think it may have just been a problem with, like, sort of third act issues. Also, I was really tired. Yeah. But, like, the Escher scene was like hypnotic in a way that I was sort of like, "Oh, we've rescued him already." Like I like it a lot and I love Escher style stuff. Right. And it but we have to I have to get you to agree with me that it's ridiculous when he's walking along the bottom and then he's like, "Huh?"
1: It is, but I love it. I mean,
0: it's it's hilarious, but
1: It's so, it's so great.
0: It's it's also super silly. Oh, for yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah
1: i the only the only part of this movie that I really could do without, okay, is the junk lady. The scene so Sarah gets peach roofied uh-huh. and she has that whole dream sequence where she's in the ball gown, right. And then she smashes the mirror, yeah. and Alice in Wonderland style falls down into a junkyard, yes, where there's basically a a bag lady who's like piled high with junk, right. who starts trying to turn Sarah into a junk lady. Okay. Like takes her into what Sarah thinks is her room.
0: Right, right. Really. Sarah
1: wakes up, you know, throws herself on the bed, and then sits up, assumes it must have been a dream, and then this junk lady comes in and starts finding childhood relics. You know, oh, it's your bunny slippers. Oh, it's your pony. Oh, right. it's your pencil box. And starts right. piling them on Sarah's... Bat Like, between Sarah and the chair that she's sitting in. Right. And then Sarah realizes what's happening and breaks away and makes it to the god. I guess I could kind of also do without the battle in the Goblin City. Like, I understand. What happens? Like, they get into the Goblin City and there's, like, the big robot dude who's got a bunch of little goblins in him. uh-huh. And uh-huh. they manage to defeat him. And then they're just, like, in a bunch of goblin houses- like yeah. shoving people out windows and uh-huh. stuff and Ludo calls the rocks and then there's like a big rock slide.
0: Yeah. I remember that. And then
1: they go to the castle. Yeah. And I feel like everything between the dream sequence and her getting to the castle, not like the junk lady thing was just another Sarah realizing that the things that she has always found so important really don't yeah. mean anything. The
0: things we own end up owning
1: us. Yes. Yes. And, you know, the whole, the whole Sarah being pissy with Toby scene at the very beginning was kicked off when she realized that somebody had taken her teddy bear out of her room and put him in Toby's crib.
0: Right. Fair.
1: So, and then at the end, when they get home, she gives the teddy bear back to Toby and says, I want Lancelot to belong to you now.
0: Right. And he's like, I don't want your stupid, dumb bear and throws it back at her.
1: I mean, he's... Sl- he-
0: turns into a real bear and kills her.
1: Well, he kills Did Toby. I watch a different movie? You might have, because he kills Lancelot turns into a real bear, but he kills Toby. Oh, okay. It was like this real dark twisted she fought all this way to get her baby brother back and then he gets eaten by a bear. That's dark. I know. It's
0: real dark. Um,
1: But it was like a Muppet Jim Henson bear. Right. So it was kinda cute. It was
0: kinda cute. Except for all the blood. Except for all the blood. Um She was a little harsh with her like nine month old (laughs) baby brother, right? Yes. Like she walked in, she's like, "Oh, how could you?" I was like, "Kid, he can't. Like, he just mastered holding his head up.
1: Yeah, he's not
0: after you for any way. Right. You're, and also,
1: like, the kid's not even walking yet. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) she's. They say she's she's supposed to be what, like, fourteen. Yeah. She presumably isn't. Her stepmother says that she she should be dating. I'd like it if you had a date. Yeah. Well, and I always even as a like a tween, I chalked that up to I would really love it if you had a social life and you didn't spend all of your time wearing costumes down at the park trying yeah. to remember the very simple line you have no power over me.
0: Right. I'd like to imagine that was Jennifer Connelly rehearsing. For <laughs>
1: Just what fuck is that line? <laughs> yeah,
0: Jennifer, can you can you say it again but not not curse? Why are you filming? No, <laughs> no actually that 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 takes a creepy twinge, um, oh, yeah,
1: um, and we're back to consent, and we're back to consent. There was a novel, okay, or a website, okay, I'm gonna I am this is calling back to when I was like fourteen, and Alice and I were trying to figure something out, okay. We found a website that was either talking about. The novel, The Labyrinth. Okay. Or it was maybe a fan fiction type website that was set up to appear like a real thing. Okay. Or maybe it was even a fan fiction. I don't know. But there was, I don't, it wasn't a novelization of the movie, I don't think. Okay. I will do some research and if I find what it is I'm talking about, I will put it up in the group, the Facebook group, Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Okay. Okay. But in the book, Sarah's mother... And there's some reference to this in, like, the set dressing. Her mother, like, her biological mother was an actress. Okay. And so, like, you saw in her room there were, like, playbills and, like, newspaper clippings of her mother's, like, premieres and stuff. Right. The little booklet, The Labyrinth, that she was reading the lines out of... Yeah. In this book story fan fiction whatever it was was like her mother's big break Mm. play Mm -hmm. and so she had her mother's old script Mm -hmm. and she was trying like she also wanted to be an actress and so she was trying to emulate her mother right and just couldn't remember that one line that had been so well reviewed by critics right right when her mother performed it
0: right couple of things Uh
1: uh-huh
0: i find that very interesting i hope that you do find that uh the stepmother felt it was weird because it was i think it was supposed to be sort of like a fairy tale yeah what was i i guess i want to talk about the stepmother and then i want to talk about the never-ending story okay um so but what i want to know about the stepmother is did your perception of the stepmother evolve
1: I mean, in the sense that now I identify with a stepmother a whole lot more than I did as a kid, but even as a kid, I was like, wow, you're being unnecessarily mean to your stepmother. Right. Okay, Like, good. you told her you'd babysit. Yeah. You told her you'd be home at six.
0: You're an hour late. You're
1: an late. hour late, but also, why are they not out looking for you? Like, they know you're at the park playing in your costumes. They can't leave on their date until you're home. So right. Why did dad not hop in his... Dad, who was a non-character.
0: Yes. whoa. <laughs> I was want to he. talk about dad in a minute. Whoa, but was Why he. did he
1: not hop in his car and drive down to the park and be like, dude, it's 6.15. You were supposed to be home at 6. Yeah. We have, res- we have dinner reservations. Get in the car.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the line about like, we don't go out that often. She's like, you go out every weekend. I'm like, kid, there are five days in between weekends. So. Yeah.
1: Now, at... As someone who doesn't go out that often, for real, like Kevin and I get a handful, like a literal handful of date nights that don't involve us going out with the children.
0: Right. Sure. Absolutely. A year. Yeah.
1: But so I'm like, okay, you know, every single weekend you've got a, a not quite toddler that does seem a bit excessive. But also you've got a teenage daughter who is, quote unquote, willing, question mark, to babysit. Are they paying her?
0: No, right? Like, she has to do... I would
1: a- assume that they are not paying her based on her reaction. Yeah. But also, the way her stepmother talks about, you know, we ask you to babysit if you don't have plans. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, as an adult, I yeah. like as a kid, I was like, man, they're they expect her to babysit and they don't even pay her. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, you know what? They probably do. Yeah. I mean they probably don't pay her as much as they would pay an outside babysitter. Yeah. But, you know, I bet they give her 20 bucks if she's not going to be going out anyway.
0: Yeah, I would like to actually know and this this makes me feel super old. Um but maybe it just speaks to my reception and how I received the movie. I want to know more about the real life backstory of what her life is like like right. is she like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go be by myself in my in my Renaissance Fair costume." And reading my plays by myself, unless you need, you know, until you need me to go out, and then I'll use another hour and then come back. Right. Or are some nights they doing like I don't get the impression they're doing like family game nights or whatever. Like right. There's there is something to be said for maybe we all stay in and and play a game with the teenager. Right. But if she's gonna be like, I mean, I'm curious about like because I think we're supposed. I felt being pushed towards a. And the step... I have a sort of a weird stepmother... Yeah. Um, aversion to the word. Okay. Like, I call my stepmom Catherine because right. I met her before she was my my dad's wife. Right. I call her Catherine. So, but also... Well, but, I mean... I don't like calling her my stepmom because I feel like there's a cachet to that word. Right.
1: Well, and you would call her... I mean, you wouldn't... Like, if you weren't calling her Catherine, you wouldn't be calling her stepmother.
0: Right. Right.
1: Like, you... I feel like that is not typical. If you're not a Disney princess, right. then stepmother is not a thing that you call someone to their face as their name.
0: Right. But I also, like, I would call her my Catherine if, like, it's a, it's still at age 34 and a half. Still, I, I make the correction in my brain not to say my Catherine. Right. Because my stepmom feels like a slander against her.
1: Well, and I think that's because the media has, and and not not even like today's media, but like for ever, forever, stepmothers are always wicked. Yep. And you know, thanks fairy tales.
0: Yeah, and Parent Trap.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I mean,
0: I feel like we were. It was supposed to be. I couldn't. I couldn't tell whether. Here's what it is. I couldn't tell whether I was supposed to be like, ugh. Here's the stepmom, right? Or if I was supposed to be like, and she has a stepmom, so you know she's gonna blow that out of proportion, right?
1: I think, and I think that the movie <laughs> splits the difference because the stepmother's demeanor is like her lines, the the words she's saying are very. I, I am not the bad guy, right? We asked you to do this, you said you would, and now you're late. That's why we're upset, right? The way she delivers the lines is very, you act, you treat me like I'm an evil stepmother in a fairy story. So no matter what I say, so I guess I should just be that. Right.
0: It feels like it's part. It's something that you we're walking in on a fight already in progress. Right. Yeah.
1: Which I guess you are because Which they've right. had this fight so many times. Absolutely. I don't fault the. I don't know if it was. It could have been the actress's choice. It could have been the director. Right. It could have been a combination. I mean, I feel like it worked in that you know that they've had, like, this is the only conversation they seem to ever have. Right. It's got to be. The only thing that they ever talk about is how Sarah can't do anything right, and it's all the stepmother's fault from Sarah's perspective. Right. And the stepmother can't do anything right, and Sarah is disrespectful and rude all the time from the stepmother's perspective. Right. And then there's dad. Oh, is there? I mean, there presumably is a father in the picture. We saw a man holding the baby. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Sarah, you're home. We were worried about you. Not worried enough to drive down to the park and make sure you were okay since you were late. Right. But worried enough that I'm going to tell you we were worried about you.
0: Yeah. It's like uh, Into the Woods. Yeah. The dad in that is sort of... uh, And that's it,
1: yep, and then he tells the stepmother, "I'll talk to her," and he goes up to tell her, "We put the baby to bed, we'll be back,
0: yeah, exactly."
1: And she's like, "You really wanted to talk to me, huh?" yeah, which I think was completely justified.
0: I feel like I mean, like on the one hand, they're kind and I know this is in an a- in an age before like the internet and 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 computers and stuff, so right. like, but like if it's on the one hand. Absolutely. Like, knock, 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 honey. Anyways, we're out, like, not addressing that you just are, that that um, Sarah's having a problem or whatever. Right. On the other hand, he is being like, and maybe this is, this I, this is definitely a me bringing something to the, to the interpretation. Uh-huh. He is also being like, hey, uh, you're technically babysitting right now, but we've done all the work, so have a good night. We're going to leave you alone in this house. Do whatever... Which feels like a huge boon to me.
1: See, I never got that interpretation. <sighs> My know. interpretation has always been he has just watched his wife and daughter have a blowout fight. Yeah, tells his wife, "I'll go deal with it," right, and then just doesn't. He
0: doesn't. He absolutely doesn't. And I, I guess what I'm and saying, is... and even
1: approaches Sarah as though he does want. You know, Sarah, I need to. T- I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, and she's like, "There's nothing to talk about," and he's like. Okay, I guess you're right. We put the baby to bed. Bye. Right.
0: No, and and I agree. I agree with that. He he he. He drops the ball that he never truly had in his possession. Right. Um. In terms of going to deal, like I wish I. I wish we'd seen the stepmother being like, "Yes, I'm sure you will go talk about it. Right. I'll be in the car." Right. Um. Which is saying, absolutely what happened. <laughs> she seems pissed. Sarah seems pissed. And I don't. I guess what what I'm saying is I don't understand why she's pissed.
1: Because she's a 14 year old girl.
0: Oh, okay, great.
1: Yeah, I mean she's. So she's mad because she screwed up her line. No. No. I, no. I'm gonna walk you through. She, she screwed up her line. She realizes she's late. Uh-huh. It starts to rain on her.
0: Right. I get. She that gets part.
1: home and is yelled at for being late. When in her mind. She sh- like, what does it matter that I'm late? I don't want to be doing this anyway. Right. She's a 14-year-old girl. Right. It starts with, you know, damn, I can never remember that line. So she's frustrated with herself. Yeah. Then she's frustrated with the the weather. And uh-huh. then she's frustrated with her stepmother. And it just keeps increasing. Because when you're 14 years old, you're completely irrational.
0: Huh. I guess I was sort of... So when you were explaining how it was like... The movie starts with sort of a like her versus herself, then kind of like a her versus nature, then kind of like a her versus authority or others. Right,
1: and this is all in the span of about a minute and a half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it definitely has the sense of like a you know oh uh, now what sort of situation. Right, um, I wonder if if you went back if you can see it unravel in the opposite order. How do you mean? Like if does she so, like does she solve interpersonal problems and then like natural like if like it, like while she's in the labyrinth? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because like so... then Ludo feels like he's the avatar for nature. Yeah. Because he can call the rocks and stuff. Yeah. And also he's like a big, a big cuddly dude. Yeah. I love Ludo. Ludo's the best. Um and like Well, she... and
1: there's also like in order to get out of the bog of stench, she has to talk sir didymus into letting them cross the bridge right i guess the bog of stench is kind of nature yeah so i like
0: i mean like i'm i know i'm english classing this but yeah. like and so it might not be but it feels like the kind of movie where it'd be like all right we have to like it's sort of tying some knots and then untying some notch. right so i don't know
1: well, the escher room is kind of naturey in that it's unpredictable mm-hmm. and she doesn't like she's completely out of her element yeah Do we and we, you can tell you can absolutely tell me no because I don't know if it will even make for compelling podcasting. But the would he tell me that this door leads to the castle?
0: This time it made sense to me. This time
1: it has never made sense to me.
0: Okay, Um, and this is this is I mean,
1: in the sense that if one of them is always lying and one of them is always telling the truth, it doesn't matter who you ask what, the answer to your question will be the same, right. So, but this, working through the lines, like I will write it down and do like diagrams, right. and I always feel like I come out of it just more confused than I was to begin with.
0: This is in the the two riddles in movies that are the biggest head scratchers for me are this one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this one and from from the very first time I saw it, this that riddle uh-huh. is like one of the things that stuck with me the most. Yeah. And of course, the riddle from Die Hard with a vengeance the water jug
1: mm-hmm. still don't understand it
0: that one i don't get it and it's been explained to me and i've been yep. like yep i understand and i walk away and i'm like oh i don't understand anymore yeah so this one yeah it's if so there's a lie always someone that always lies someone that always tells the truth so you ask one of them would he say that that's the gate that i should go through so if you're asking the liar the liar will say that the guy who always tells you the truth will say.
1: Okay, let's assume it is the it door. Is, it is, right. Assume so, it is the door. You ask the liar, would the truth teller tell me that this is the door to the castle? And he'll say no. Because the truth teller would say yes, so the liar has to say no.
0: Right. And if you're asking the truth teller, the liar would say no, and the truth teller will tell you that truthfully, so he'll say no, so you know right. yes. Right. You know that whatever you ask, A, if you get A, the answer is B. If you get B, the answer is A. Right. Because there's one person that's going to flip it to the opposite.
1: So here's the second part of my question about this.
0: I think I know where you're going. I'm really excited.
1: Was Was she right? Was she right? Did that door... It obviously did not lead to certain death because Hoggle saved her. However... Did the guys telling her one leads to the castle, the other leads to certain death know that somebody would rescue her from the oubliette?
0: right leads to the castle is a very vague thing, to oh, say. sure, because she eventually got to the castle, so I guess they were right
1: I mean, because if you think about it, the two the the dudes guarding the doors right only know what they've been told right. They were told one of these doors leads to the castle, one leads to certain death, right. Presumably they were told this by Jareth,
0: and presumably they lead to different things. Which I've always questioned. I've always felt like it didn't matter which one she went in. It would happen. It would it's go the same.
1: probably true. Now, Jareth had also told Hoggle to go, quote, rescue her from the Oubliette. Right. So I guess, I guess she chose right. Because any way you parse it, she was going to get out of the Oubliette.
0: And also, she's definitely going to die.
1: I mean, you're not wrong. Because nobody lives forever.
0: Any path you take leads to certain death. Except
1: in the underground, there's that whole, the whole opening song that you didn't like was Uh about it's only forever. It's not long at all. I I think if she had chosen to stay in the underground with him, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think that she might have lived forever.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Of course, why he would need the baby to be a successor if he's essentially immortal, I don't know. Maybe he just figured eventually he would get tired of ruling. I have no idea. Yeah. But also, do you age in the underground? Because if you don't, then he's just picked a baby. Right. Who's going to stay a baby and is going to be a shitty ruler because he's a baby. I have to
0: imagine that magic in some way will grow the baby up or whatever. Mm.
1: Yeah. They do the magic dance. Uh Uh-huh. Chilly down with the fire gang.
0: Ugh. Uh Uh-huh. That's That's a line?
1: Okay. The the fiery song? The little firebirds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chilly down with the fire gang? Okay. I don't really love that song. Yeah. I don't really love that scene. You know, it's interesting. There are a lot of scenes in this movie that I could do without. Basically, right. if if, Jareth, if Sarah and Jareth are not interacting. Sarah. Sarah. If Sarah is not happening. Yeah. I kind of could take or leave it.
0: Are we supposed to hope that they get together? No. I right? don't know
1: because she's a
0: child. Yeah.
1: I mean, it depends.
0: There's like a verge of adolescence, sort of verge of womanhood sort of situation going on. If you
1: Google Labyrinth fan fiction, most of the internet hopes that they get together, but most of the internet's um, interpretations of it is also, so Sarah is now in college and goes back to the underground. (laughs) Sarah is now an adult and goes back to the, I haven't, I don't think there's, to my knowledge, I have not found any fan fiction out there that is like, so this 14-year-old girl Right. Um, you know, Mary's David Bowie and they just bang all the time. Right. I'm sure somebody's written it, but yeah. I haven't found it.
0: Dance magic dance, so uh-huh. to speak. Yeah. Play with my crystal balls. <laughs> Etc. Yeah. So, okay, so Brady said something very interesting. Mm-hmm. He said that in his experience, you either really love Labyrinth or you really love the Neverending Story.
1: Okay, that's right. You mentioned you want to talk about the never-ending story. I
0: love the never-ending story.
1: I could take or leave it. There it is. You know why?
0: Because it's a dude?
1: No. Okay. Because of the stupid scene where the horse dies. Uh-huh. He comes back to life. I mean, not really. Yeah, absolutely he does. Really? Yeah. I do not Bastion, remember that. Yeah, the, this and is Bastion what I,
0: wishes him. He wishes everything. He well, gets like a bunch of wishes yeah, because of Falcor, the wish dragon. That's driving. why I
1: say not really because it's we see the horse I again. I know, I know, <laughs> but it feels like a oh, we can't traumatize kids forever. I guess we have to make the horse come back to life. So this this is my memory of I and I watched the Neverending Story repeatedly. I've probably seen that as many times as I've seen Labyrinth, but it was all during the course of my actual childhood. Okay. The, this is what I remember from it. Okay. Scary wolf. Yep. In hindsight, not that scary. But mm. as a child, very terrifying. The Like watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's actually a really bad animatronic wolf.
0: But when, when you don't see it for a long time and then like it's the only thing and he and it are the only things that exist anymore. Yeah. It's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it.
1: Also when you're a child. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. So terrifying wolf. Yeah. Dead horse. Right. What's the chick's name? The Empress. Moon Child. Well, I, I, they just they call her the Empress. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, has bad hair.
0: Okay. I always thought she was absolutely. I remember because it's
1: like it's like painted onto her head. Yeah. It's like slicked back.
0: A girl I had a crush on in sixth grade. Uh, the only photo I ever had of her was her ballerina like. Oh, so whatever. she looked so, just like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. it worked for you. Sure did. And then uh, the final one is that Falkor looked looked just like my next door neighbor's dog. They okay. had they had a an off white cocker spaniel. I also keep thinking that Miracle Max is in that movie, and I know he's not. He but but there's a scene in the, in that's in basically
0: the keeper of the oracle is basically Miracle Max.
1: Okay, so that's You're not, not that's, that's not, not my mind. brain making stuff up. That's nope. just my my brain mis, slightly misremembering based on an intense similarity Uh,
0: miracle max was a lot closer to the height of the characters he was interacting with than the guy the keeper of the oracle was because it turns out that guy that the keeper of the oracle is like
1: oh real small yeah okay
0: it's just that you can't have little tiny dude on camera as little tiny dude all, all the time so they have a lot of scenes where he's like looking up Okay. But he's, he's very small.
1: Does he look like Miracle mm-hmm. Max? Okay. No, yeah,
0: you're, you're absolutely correct okay. in, thinking, in thinking that they're very similar.
1: Okay. Absolutely. I mean, again, I have not seen that movie. I mean, middle school maybe is the most recently I've seen it. Yeah. It's, it could have even been elementary school. But think about this.
0: So do you think that Sarah wants friends? No, right? I'm sorry. I, let, me, let me ask that again in a way that is less just giving you the answer I want you to say. well, Do you think <laughs> Sarah wants friends?
1: I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that she knows she does. Okay. I think that by the end of it all, she is glad that she has made the friends that she has. Now, do I think that she's going to be like, so this is what friendship is. I'm going to go talk to some girls at school. No. She's going to come back to her room and she's going to talk to her Muppet friends in the mirror.
0: Right. Hey, Deborah. do you know how to control rocks? No. She's lonely, though.
1: She's lonely, but I. But again... For
0: family, maybe.
1: Yeah, and I don't okay. think that she would acknowledge it as such. Right. I think she is... I think that she craves some sort of companionship, but she wants the companionship that she's created in her head. Yeah. So, like, she wants the Goblin King. Right. She wants the friends that she finds in the labyrinth that she doesn't know exist because she thinks that they're all a fantasy. But, like, she wants her fantasy to be reality. And then it becomes reality. Right. I, and I don't think that it's going to encourage her to make reality reality, if that right. makes, no, it, it, excuse me, if that makes sense. It
0: absolutely does. Because I feel like Bastion doesn't give a crap if the entire world is ending as long as he has his books. So I was I was contrasting them in that way, right. because I felt like Sarah was sort of like if only my dad would, you know, come read with me or whatever. Right. Um, it'd be better. But the way that you just put it is exactly how Bastion feels, mm-hmm. which is, I want my fantasies to become a reality. Oh look, they have. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know. I I I I've, like I have fond memories. It's been and it has been a bit since I've seen Neverending Story as well. So. Maybe it doesn't hold up. Maybe whatever. But like, I think that there is certainly something to when we came to Labyrinth. Yeah. Um. I think that I came to it in a way that I'm sort of like, I, I, I'm seeing sort of only the strings and not any of the like magic of the puppeteer, like the magic of the puppets. Right. And I don't just mean that in terms of Muppets. I mean, right. in terms of like. You put a stepmom in there and you put like yeah. the rainstorm and all this stuff.
1: Yeah. Do you know when Brady came to this movie?
0: Uh, I think quite young.
1: Okay. Because most of the people I know who adore this movie the way I do are girls mm. who came to it because they identified with Sarah to an extent. And because, as I said before, th- this movie was like a sexual awakening for a lot of us. Right. So I, I, I wondered, I would assume that he probably came to it- Probably younger than I did. It's possible. I would imagine that there's not a lot, like, there's not a lot for a preteen or teenage guy in this movie. I, I say guy, I guess, like, a heterosexual sure,
0: sure, sure, guy. Sure, 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 Like, yeah.
1: Sarah's pretty, but it's very much, like, the fantasy of a girl who, like, I feel like you, I, I'm phrasing this very badly. You're
0: not going to get a crush on Sarah necessarily.
1: As a teenage boy,
0: as, as a te- like a teenage boy watching, right? She's she's pretty, but that isn't. She's like the main character, so you sort of see. I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing because like
1: I feel like what's there for teenage girls is a character that, to a degree, we can identify with. Okay. I don't know that there. I don't know that that would be enough to draw in a teenage boy. Yeah, like there's no there's no one for them to identify with. Per sure, se.
0: I, I get that.
1: And so, I mean, it now it could be that there are boys out there who identify with Sarah because sure. I think to an of extent course. there's all. I mean, she's got a lot of identifiable things in terms of my parents don't understand me. Like that's just stuff that all teenagers right go through. Right, but I feel like it's done in a very. This is. The story of a girl way. I, I do... I mean, my brother really liked this movie. But again, he saw it for the first time when I did, and he's four years younger than me. Right. So he came into it as a child, where I was a tween. Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know.
1: I, I'd be really interested to hear from our listeners Yeah. about, you know, their... I'm sure that we have a lot of listeners who love this movie. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to hear when they discovered it
0: yeah so in the end for me i think that probably i'm not going to be purchasing the the dvd of labyrinth anytime soon
1: you don't have to because i own it and you can borrow it whenever you want perfect yeah
0: so where where do you land on on labyrinth still love it I still love it yeah. so
1: much i know the entire script backwards forwards i love it so much
0: it's cool to have to to like a movie this much and yeah. i really like uh, i
1: love it that much Social media?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a Facebook page, which we've mentioned.
1: Yep. It is Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. You should join it and tell us about your first time watching Labyrinth.
0: Yeah. And also, I'd like to know uh, Labyrinth or NeverEnding Story. That's, yeah. Um, which one? Or both? Do a poll. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I'll do a poll on Friday. Do a poll on Friday.
0: Um, we have Twitter.
1: We do. The podcast can be found at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today it stands for... Falcor, Fushigi,
0: Fushigi, Falcor,
1: both of them. Falcor doing Fushigi,
0: yeah. It
1: stands for both.
0: <laughs> I'm a wish dragon with his
1: little short legs. Aww, <laughs> that's a great mental image. Yeah, I love it.
0: Um, I am at unabashed James individually.
1: I am at unabashedly Aaron.
0: Uh, we have a Patreon, which is at patreoncom obsessed. Um, we're nearing the end of the month, which means that it's almost time for new newsletter, which I'm very excited about. I've had, I've known what I'm going to write about for this July newsletter since, uh, I was going to write the May newsletter. So like since oh. April. And also we do a recommend, we do five recommendations and I'm very excited about my recommendations this month. So, uh, that's if you donate at the $5 tier or higher. Yeah. Um, there's some really good, and, and also you're entered into a drawing to win one of the items that we recommend. So it's very cool.
1: We also have a merch store. It is cafepress.com slash unabashedlyobsessed. Put our cartoon faces on stuff. Yeah. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song, Did You Guys Know There Was a Ladder Down Here? You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube.
0: And thank you also to Emily Cardamus for our logo art, the cartoon faces uh, that we mentioned just before. Mm -hmm. You can find her on Twitter at Corrupted Gem or on Tumblr at artfulhypothesis.tumblr.com. I think that that is going to do it. Yep. Hey, actually, can I, pro- can I plug something real quick? Of course. Today is, uh, you're hearing this on Friday. Yesterday, my other show, Blinking You'll Miss It, I, uh, I had a, an episode with uh, Michelle, who is the creator and uh, writer of uh, a, sh- a podcast called Unplaced. Okay. Um, and she has an Indiegogo for her second season. Uh, which she, which is coming out. I made her promise me that it would come out before my birthday. <laughs> but basically, at some point before fall, the second season of this show is going to come out. Oh, good. Um, basically, the first season is the main character wakes up and uh, she can interact physically with people, but they can't see her and it's like she never existed.
1: I'm. I you've told me about this yeah. and she mentioned it on our podcast group on Facebook yeah. and I'm really excited to dive into it. I haven't had a chance to yet, but
0: each episode is like 10 to it eventually gets up to maybe like 25 minutes long
1: yeah that's I, I wanted to have like a chunk of time yeah. to dedicate to it yeah. so I think after I get this episode edited yeah that is the next one I will dive into
0: so um I interviewed her uh, I we, she did an episode of the show for a song called left alone which I was oh, super cool. proud of yeah to have found a song that seemed pertinent and then uh, that publishing simultaneously is that I did an interview with her. Okay. About the process of of making it and sort of um, how it related to her mental state at the time and how that's how that's changed and like what season two it's like a probably it's gonna, probably gonna end up be like a thirty to thirty five minute uh, bonus episode so cool um, that's co- publishing
1: on the BAMY feed yes
0: exactly so if you go over there you can find that and I, I she's it's a really cool um, pl- you know really cool podcast and she's a really really cool person who turns out to know a lot more about pop punk than I. Uh, anticipated, so like oh. the Baymi episode is gonna be really good too. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that that came out yesterday as you're hearing this. So go check that out. Um, also listen to today's episode, Friday's episode, because it's with a, a Baymi fan. Oh, cool. And he told an excellent story concisely, and it was like inspiring and stuff. We had I've had some great guests, anyways. So but mostly go listen to that bonus episode and, and donate to Michelle's Indiegogo because she deserves it. Season two. Season two. Cool. This has been a labyrinthine.
1: An amazing.
0: There it is. (laughs) Episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills.
1: And so do pennies.
0: Dance magic dance.
1: You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. The The power? The power of voodoo.
0: Who do? You do. I do?
1: Remind me of the babe. Huh.